It's time for the July 15th, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history broadcasting on National Give Something Away Day from the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And... As always, the next Bob Dylan, Mahler, the fake news dog. Uh Today, we'll be talking about moss piglets. Okay. The cure for heart attacks, Putin's best ally, bananas, duct tape, and so on. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. But first, have you ever heard of woodpecker? Uh... No, I can't Never? say that. I, wow. I must have somewhere. It's vaguely, you know, sounds yeah. vaguely familiar. Yeah. How about this? Yeah. That, yeah. that, that sounds, that sounds, so that, I, yeah. 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 I you see, haven't heard that, huh? I, I, I seem to recall being at my grandmother's house on Canal Street in Long Beach and hearing that, but I So you've never seen a woodpecker? Probably not. Wow. Yeah. Canal Street. Mm-hmm. Where's that? It's on the um, north. The on the other side of the 710 freeway, but you're oh, still in I Long Beach. You. You're kind of in I the it was in oil the... refinery area of Long Beach. In France or something. No, no, not in no. <sighs> so you're, you, these birds are banging up against trees. Yeah. With their beaks. Yeah. Do you ever wonder why they don't get concussions? <laughs> yeah. Wonder yeah. why they do it. Yeah. And wonder why. Yeah. That's a good question. Well, they're getting food. Is but... that what it's about? They eat, they eat the wood or the no, sap? It's... I think they're going for bugs. Oh, they're bugs. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. They're going yeah. underneath okay. the bark. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. And they're also, they're building a skyway to heaven. <laughs> yeah. Wow. From current biology, mm-hmm. watching a woodpecker repeatedly smash its face into a tree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I felt like doing that before. You, you kind of wonder why they don't go all NFL, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In their heads. In their head, yeah. They're... For years, the prevailing theory has been that structures in and around the woodpecker's skull absorb the shocks created during pecking. But now, after analyzing high-speed footage of woodpeckers in action, uh-huh. researchers at the University of Antwerp, that's in Belgium, mm-hmm. are challenging this long-held belief. They discovered that woodpeckers are not absorbing shocks during pecking. Really? They're not absorbing them. Mm-hmm. They're just like a hammer. So yeah. their beak is some kind of a, a shock absorber in it or something? Is That's that what exactly you're... what I'm not saying. Okay. There is no shock absorber oh. in it. Oh. Their whole body is taking the full oh. bang okay. of their beak. Okay. There's no absorption. Oh, wow. Something in the woodpecker's skull were absorbing these shocks before they reached the brain. The way a car's airbag absorbs shocks in an accident before they reach a passenger, then on impact, the woodpecker's head would decelerate more slowly compared with its beak. Yeah. You got that? Yeah. Uh, with this in mind, the researchers analyzed high speed videos of six woodpeckers hammering away at a tree. Uh, they tracked two points on each bird's beak and one point on its eye to mark its brain location. Gotcha. Got it? Yeah. 
They're tracking those two points. They found that the eye of the woodpeckers decelerated at the same rate as the beak. And in a couple of cases, even more quickly, oh my. which is crazy, which meant that at the very least, the woodpecker was not absorbing any shock during pecking. Wow. Yeah. How? You don't hear the news like this every day. You do not. It's always worth looking at phenomena that we believe we already understand, because sometimes there can be surprises, said the lead researcher. Intuition can fool us. Yeah. Think about that for a life well, lesson. there you go. Well... Yes. You know, you That's think good... you're voting for somebody that yeah. you're going to make America great again. Yeah. And then what happens? Turns out he's a grifter. And it, yeah, it all goes to hell. Yeah, it go, all goes to hell. Woodpeckers gonna... can teach stories like that. Yeah, it, this is the kind of thing that gets people through their day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're sitting around. They've been married for like, you know, 500 years. And they're sitting there at the breakfast table. Yeah. Honey. There's nothing new. They're not. You're going to say anything that they haven't heard already. Let's tune into Weekly Signals. Let's tune into Weekly Signals. I I hear they're doing a lot of aviator or I. Well, nice. I butchered that. What is it called? Birds. Birds. Yeah. I, that's the it's better way to say. Doing a story on birds. Yeah, doing. Aviator, they do a lot yeah. of stories on birds, honey. Yeah. Let's listen. Shall I give you something else to botch up? Yeah. Right yeah. What okay. What is it? It. Avi, what's what is it? The study of birds, aviary. Did I say? Oh, that? you mean uh, you mean aviation? No, I don't like aviation. Yeah, aviation. Yeah, that's what uh, I meant. Astronomy. Yes. Yeah. Astrophysics. That's Astrophysics. what I meant to say. Yeah. Study of birds. Birds. See, you always dig yourself a hole and then you jump in and cover yourself up. I do. Yeah. Well, that's I figure. That's why, why not? you lost I'm, that that uh, uh, little league game. Yes. Yeah. Back yeah. when you were. Yeah. Seven years old. Yeah. No, I was nine. Nine years old. Nine, ten. I was in my prime. Nine, ten years old. I was in my prime. I struck out. There were a total of 18 outs. I yeah. struck out 16 guys. Yeah. And the only other, and there was one play where they hit it back to me as the pitcher, and I threw them out. Yeah. So I was responsible set for 17 of the 18 outs. And then you blew the game. No. They, the defense, I allowed them to hit the ball. Yeah. And they scored, they scored like nine runs in the last inning. Yeah. I never, I didn't strike anybody out, I guess. I mean, yeah. I did one or two, but I didn't so get you, them all. You, you took that burden on yourself. I've taken it ever since. Are you kidding me? This is one of a foundational so story in my life. Yes. Foundational story. Nine years old foundational yeah, story. Yeah, it is. You know, some people would just say, get over it. Yeah, they would. Yeah. And thank you for saying that. Did you ever hear of a tardigrade? Oh, yeah. You know what a tardigrade is? Yeah, they're is? the lowest, most basic form of life in the ocean, or they're they're. Well, that's not what makes them special. Okay, well, I'll get. Do you want a full? They're here, very let me, small. Let me get my charts and my. They're very small. Yes, they're very, they're very, very small. They're very small, and some people call them a water bear. Okay. Some people call them a moss piglet. Yes. They're yes. kind of puffy. Yeah. They look like they're wearing a spacesuit to yeah. me. Yeah. 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 They're very odd little creatures. Yes, if you are. want to, you could go to KUCI.org. And at the top, there's a little uh, link there to uh, 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 talk shows, public uh -huh. affairs, and podcasts. Uh -huh. You just click on that. That'll take us to today's show. Yeah. And I put a little tardigrade there next to our uh, show oh. description. Oh, let me go, let me you don't check. need to do that, Mike. I'm telling people at home. Oh. You can pretend like you're doing it. Yeah, I That's will. the magic of radio. I will. I can pretend oh, look, that I'm shaving my head right yeah. now. Wow. People would believe me. Yeah. I wouldn't. 
Because I'm sitting right here. That's right. The magic of radio. The magic of radio. Tardigrades, known colloquially as water bears or moss piglets, are a phylum of eight-legged segmented micro-animals found everywhere on Earth, from mountaintops to the deep sea and mud volcanoes, and from tropical rainforests to to the Antarctic. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And now from Science News. One of the most basic forms of life, my understanding. Tardigrades can teach us how to handle the rigors of space travel. Yes, they can. You know this? I've, I've read enough about tardigrades to know To know they'll help us with space travel? Well, I know that they're resilient little critters. I do yeah. know that. No beast on Earth is tougher than the tiny moss piglet tardigrade. It can survive being frozen at minus 172 degrees Celsius. It can survive being exposed to the vacuum of outer space. And yeah. even being blasted with 500 times the dose of x-rays that would kill a human. I, I say we just load up some Elon Musk spaceship and shoot them out into space. Tardigrades. Tardigrades. And wherever they land in 500 million years, we're going to be back. We'll be back wherever, you know, however that works. Maybe they want to stay here. I'm just saying eventually. I've, They'll survive here. Yeah. See, that's the way that works. Oh, okay. Maybe they don't want to go. I yeah. don't know, but. In other words, moss piglets can endure conditions that don't even exist on Earth. This otherworldly resilience combined with their endearing looks. Yes, they are cute. I, they are, uh, they're, cute. they're cute. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see a life-size tardigrade no, no, crawling no, around. No, no, I wouldn't either. In the yeah. lobby here. Yeah, but it, they're cute. Uh, well, anyway, this otherworldly resilience has made tardigrades a favorite of animal lovers because they look so cute. Like you yeah, and I just yeah. said. I wouldn't want to see a life-size brown bear running in, around in the lobby, but they're in, in, as a little cuddly toy, they're cute. They are cute. Bears are cute. Yeah. I would hug the bear more, more than likely, and it would, I'd be mauled to death. Yeah, you'd get it over with. So yeah. like I, I said in the, in the very first story, Mike. Yes. Yeah. Is that the one about It's the always worth looking at phenomena that we believe we already understand because sometimes there can be surprises. Okay, let's go. There's got to be a surprise here. Yeah. That's what you're going to tell me. No, I'm just saying oh. I might hug a bear because it's cute looking. Yeah, but then you'd be mauled. And, yeah, yeah, but I don't know if I'd really hug a tardigrade, okay. life-size tardigrade. It would be kind of spooky looking, I think. <laughs> okay. <sighs> it's a long ways to... Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. Just to... Undig the hole you put us in. Thank you. But beyond that, researchers are looking to moss piglets about the size of a dust mite to learn how to prepare humans and crops to handle the rigors of space travel. Mm -hmm. Space travel. I got it. Tardigrades. Yeah. For example, a moss piglet's damp, mossy home can dry out many times each year. And drying is pretty catastrophic for most living things. It damages his cells in some of the same ways that freezing, vacuum, and radiation do, and it leads to high levels of peroxides. What can a purr moss piglet do? You tell me. As a moss piglet or tardigrade dries out, its cells gush, its cells gush out several strange proteins that are unlike anything found in other animals. The proteins self-assemble into long crisscrossing fibers that fill the cell's interiors, the drying cells, preventing them from leaking or unfolding. At least two species of tardigrade also produce another protein found in no other animal on Earth, 
This protein, dubbed DSUP, short for damage suppressor. Okay. I'd rather just say D-sup. damage suppressor. Okay, DSUP. Binds to DNA and may physically shield it from reaction forms of oxygen, reactive forms of oxygen. So the moral of the story is moss piglets could one day help humans colonize outer space. There you go. That's yeah. what I just said. Put them in a, a rocket. Shoot him into some star or some planet that looks like it well, might be inhabitable, and in 500 million years, you'll get you and me. No. No, you don't they think do, that'll... They don't imagine they'll evolve. What they're saying is they might help they, us because as things dry out... That we can start we secreting them, proteins? Is if we stu- it? No. no. If okay. we study okay. them, we yeah. might learn yeah. how to do the things oh, I got you now. that they're doing. That's all clear yeah. to me now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, any animal. Well, I'm just saying. Well, just you know, shoot into outer yeah, space. Shoot every, and, a, and a million years from now, they'll be start, human. Yeah, let's start shooting things into outer wow. space and see what happens. You know, we never know. Good. I think that's Elon Musk's philosophy. I think it is, too. Yeah, I don't think he really gets beyond that. Yeah, I think that, He yeah. thinks, yeah. Uh, yeah. space. Space. I, <laughs> I got rockets. Let's shoot it. If this news makes you feel like space travel, may I recommend a donation to KUCI because space is the place. Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. Well, it's been an interesting morning so far. Yeah, it really has been. How do you feel about a heart attack? <laughs> How, um, uh, yeah, I... Do you fret about them? I, uh, no, I do sometimes. You think, I, every, oh my, have you ever, you ever done the, you know, Fred Sanford thing? You know? you know, Elizabeth, I'm coming home and grabbing yeah, my yeah, chest. And I'll yeah. let, uh, no, I ha- I have, I've had muscle pulls in my chest that I was sure was a heart attack. You yeah. know, I absolutely was certain. Cause that it's was just this sh- earlier this morning when you sharp, fell to your knees. And, and sharp pain, pain, just all yeah. of a sudden out of nowhere, and yeah. I, cl- I grab my chest. I'd l- have that looked into, Mike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From MIT Technology Review, <clears throat> a volunteer in New Zealand has become the first person to undergo DNA editing in order to lower their blood cholesterol. No. A step that may foreshadow wide use of the technology to prevent heart attacks. The experiment, part of a trial, a clinical trial by the U.S. biotechnology company Verve Therapeutics, involved injecting a version of the gene editing tool, CRISPR, in order to modify a single letter of DNA in the patient's liver cells. According to Verve Therapeutics, that tiny edit should be enough to permanently lower a person's levels of bad LDL cholesterol, the fatty molecule that causes arteries to clog and harden with time. Yeah. You want to go in there with a roto-rooter yeah. and try and scrape that stuff away. If this works and is safe, this is the answer to heart attacks. This is the cure, said Sakar Katharsen, a gene researcher who started Verve three years ago and is the company's CEO. Amazing. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. And the guy seems all right. I thought, uh, you know, he's a CEO. He's just kind of promote things. But he's a well-respected scientist. He's not like the pillow guy or something (laughs) like that. This is for real. Yeah, the pillow guy sells sells some kind of ointment now on TV. I got your cholesterol (laughs) crisper right here. (laughs) 
you know, there are finding all kinds of things. There was a recent trial uh, of a uh, an anti-cancer uh, therapy yeah. in which all 12 or 15, maybe it was 15, of the guinea pigs of the human trial essentially saw their cancer go into remission. It's, it was, again, unheard of. You heard that on Weekly Signal. I know, but yeah. I'm just repeating it because it yeah. falls in line with this, the, the advances that are being made now in, in this field of science, health science, uh-huh. are pretty damn remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. I think COVID and AIDS, to some extent, forced the medical community to focus their attention on things that were considered to be kind of intractable or would take a long time to figure out uh-huh. and they've they really upped their game in, in a lot of ways in terms of getting to the the source the molecular level of what causes us to be sick and ill and all that stuff uh-huh. and we weren't care, we didn't care about dying beforehand no no one cared no, about that but, but we're was, the yeah we're but the, it was covid that made us think hmm wait we are gonna die hold on you mean i'm gonna die yeah that's let's, what happened Mike. let's get on this i was driving to well, Costa mesa technologies have gotten better and all that what stuff. now the technologies to be able to do the things they're doing have gotten a lot better. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, they have. Yes. I, it's not I mean, like it's, they were. It's called con- progress. It is called progress. Yeah. There, there are some ways in which human beings are moving the ball forward in very significant ways that are pretty amazing. Yeah. We're not just all trying to storm the Capitol and deny climate uh, change and yeah. all that stuff. There are some people that are actually doing some good stuff. Yeah. That's Speaking all. of denying things. Yeah. I was driving uh, home from my dentist in Costa Mesa. I think oh. I told you this, but I'm going to share it with the yeah, entire audience. Yeah. In Costa Mesa, on Irvine Avenue there next to the back bay, mm-hmm. when I spotted this Toyota SUV with a message decaled on <laughs> yes, the rear that's window right. That's right. in big letters, it said, cluck your vaccination. <laughs> uh, it you, didn't say you, cluck. You clean that up a little bit. Yeah, it didn't say cluck. Yeah. I can't say the F word. That rhymes with cluck. Yeah. You can. But just imagine cluck yeah, with without a, the C and the L yeah. and stick an F in there. Oh, don't say that. I don't even know if we can say that. Yeah, you, you just jam that F. <laughs> Anywhere right. you want. You could. You don't have to jam at the beginning of the word. You oh, sure. Can, the no, end, no, you, you jam it right at the right beginning there, okay, in place right, okay. of the C right, and the okay, L. Okay. So it's not cluck anymore. Okay. Cluck your vaccination. Yeah. And under that, it said, dead pedophiles can't reoffend. Oh, my God. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> Well, I, it, it's a dog whistle. It's for people who believe that. Uh, yeah, but even the dog, even the idea of a dog whistle, isn't that kind of degrading to the is. person the that thing. has it on their back? Yeah, on, you know, the back of their truck. The whole point is for people like what I'm doing right now is to try to figure out what it actually means, and therefore uh-huh. it'll lead them to this conclusion. No, I think they know what it means. Well, no. it means that pedophiles will will of course go out and find another child. And the people who are spreading this vaccination oh, around, yeah. especially people like Bill Gates and the godless, child-molesting uh, Democrats, yeah. there are people who believe that. Hillary Clinton. There are people who believe that Democrats are child-molesters. Yeah. Yeah. There's a secret cabal of uh-huh. people who gather on a regular basis to have sex with children and then drink their blood. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is actually a thing. This is a thing. That they believe a happens. Gu- a guy showed up with an AR-15 at a pizza place yeah. intent to kill everybody there because he believed that that's where they were meeting uh-huh. in a pizza joint, in the basement of a pizza joint in, in Washington. In a pizza joint that didn't have a basement. That did not have a basement. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, sort of ruined his day. But, uh, yeah, 
Uh, so yeah. there you go. So if you believe that, if you have any version of that in your mind that you think might be plausible, go to hell. No, don't right. go to hell. Just kind of okay. drink some fluids <laughs> and relax. Hydrate, relax. Look at you, at the mirror. The go mirror the, is a good place to start. Yes, yeah, it's a good Seek place. help. Yes. Seek and then maybe help. take a walk on the beach. Yeah, I'm walking on the beach. I find that helps. Yeah, really. Whenever I'm thinking that all Republicans <laughs> are assholes. Yeah. I usually yeah, just yeah. walk on the beach because I think, no, they're not. I know some. I know good some. Yeah, I know yeah, some. I know a yeah, few. I know. I, yeah. uh, from the Atlantic. After two years of erupting into distinguishable peaks, the American coronavirus case curve has a new topography, a long, never-ending plateau. That's where we're at right now. With cases quite high and still undercounted and hospitalizations rising, this plateau is a clucked place to be. Yes. It's clucked up. It is clucked up. The subvariants keep coming. Immunity is solid against severe disease, but porous to infection and the resulting chaos. Some people are getting the virus for the first time, others for the second, third, or more, occasionally just weeks apart. And we could remain on this plateau for some time. Coronavirus test positivity trends, for instance, looks quite bad. A rate below 5% might have been might have once indicated a not-too-bad level of infection, but it's often now at 20%. Yeah. In fact, the last time we were below 10% was the first week of April. In the United States, the fall of BA.2 and BA.2.12.1 have overlapped so tightly with the rise of BA.5 that the peaks of their surges have blended into just one. Ugh. And a new ominous cousin, BA.2.75, uh, why don't they just name them like hurricanes? Yeah. I, I think I could follow it a little bit better, but that's okay. Anyway, BA.2.75 is currently popping up in several parts of the world. More variants mean more infections. More infections mean more variants. Billions of people have now received at least one dose of COVID-19, the shot, but there are still large populations, especially in low-income countries, who have no shots at all. And when it hits there badly, yeah. it could be horrid. Long COVID still looms. Mild sicknesses can still leave people bedridden for days, take them away from school, family, and work, yeah. you know, and lose their jobs. Right. With transmission rates high, the next variant may arrive all the sooner and could, by chance, end up being more severe. You know, unfortunately, the reaction to the guy in the truck with the bumper sticker yeah. and our reaction as a society are not all that dissimilar from the early 1900s when the Black Plague arrived in San Francisco. It w there were a few cases that were mostly among the Chinese immigrants in, in San Francisco. Yeah. And it, had it not been for a very dedicated public servant who was determined to find out ways in which to mitigate and control it, but there were, it, we'd all have, it would have been a disaster for the rest of the country, but he was determined to make sure that we got the best public health available to as many people as possible and figured out what was going on. But, yeah. it was, but there were people in government and, and, a, and in society, business leaders who didn't want to do anything for fear that it would cripple the economy. And in some ways, we're right back at that particular moment in history. 
Yeah. And I don't know this if that'll ever change. This is the fatal change. flaw in capitalism. Yes, it is. People it's about, get so obsessed about keeping the economy right. at a particular stage because they need to keep their level of income the same right. because they're afraid of falling down and not being where they are and base all their success on material possessions. Right. Yeah, that's the fatal flaw of capitalism. It is. Consumption, consumption, consumption. Yeah. Well, and for people who are greedy, just a never-ending quest to have more. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, speaking of COVID, <laughs> ah, I love this COVID stuff. <laughs> Whoa! Oh. <laughs> Mueller. From NBC New York, a Connecticut cancer patient was chronically infected with COVID-19 for at least 471 straight days. And during that time, evolved at least three distinct lineages of the virus in their bloodstream, according to a new study from researchers at Yale. The report highlights the potential for immunocompromised people to serve as hosts for COVID's evolution. Connecticut patients first tested positive for COVID in November of 2020 and continued to be positive for the virus through at least March of this year. The patient continues to test positive for SARS-CoV-2, 471 days and counting wow. after the initial diagnosis, the authors wrote, adding that a person was infectious and had high viral loads, loads essentially throughout the whole period. Jesus so they were loaded up. Christ. They could spread the disease. My no God. Problem. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. <coughs> KUCI. <sighs> From the New Republic. Okay. You know that. Yeah, I do. That? That's a very fine publication. Yeah, I think so, too. I want to say Michael Kinsley used to write for it. You know, the great Michael Kinsley, the guy that way back when was a co-host with uh, William F. Buckley That's right. Jr. He was the liberal sidekick of Buckley. Yeah. Uh, when it was, what was the name of that show? I can't Fire, think. Firing Line. Firing Line, thank you. Yeah, and he was the nebbish looking guy. He had the glasses. Looked, oh, yeah, he was brilliant. Brilliant guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. An article entitled Climate Change is Putin's Best Ally. For most of human history, the Arctic north of Russia has been frozen. Each summer, after weeks of perpetual daylight, the sea ice fractures in some places. The southern reaches gradually turn into a slurry of ice. We like to call that snow cone season. Starting in July and lasting until September, when temperatures fall with the shortening days and the sea freezes solid once again. Yes. But all that's changing now. Today, the high north is warming at, at about four times the rate of the rest of the planet. <sighs> the area of Arctic sea ice in the summer has nearly halved in the last 40 years, leaving behind a wildly different seascape. The entire Arctic Ocean, including the North Pole, could be ice-free as early as summer of 2035. No more snow cones. 2035. Scary. This opens up the world's largest natural gas reserves on the Yamal Peninsula in Siberia, a Michigan-like mitten of land jutting out into the Arctic Ocean, roughly halfway between Great Britain and the west coast of Alaska. Until recently, 
Russia's developing of these resources was hampered by the sheer logistics of transporting oil, gas, and ore from one of the most remote regions on Earth, surrounded by sea ice and permafrost. But then along came lovely old climate change. You know, the Chinese hoax. Yes, the Chinese hoax. Yeah, they were yeah. thinking, if wow. only we could melt a lot of ice, then Russia would be more powerful. Thank God. Those Chinese are so inscrutable. Yes, they are. <sighs> wow. Can you imagine just kind of the, the racism that people had by thinking it was a Chinese hoax yeah. and keeping it yeah. being unaware of their own stupidity based on racism. What was one of the key planks of the Trump administration yeah. was to blame China for a lot of things, but certainly the COVID. Yeah, um, their government I'm not wild about. I'm a little bit concerned about a lot of things that they're doing, especially to the planet. And yeah. uh, they're rearranging the, yeah. the water supply over there and how they're, Kind of taking away human rights, Kinda, I would say. Yeah. yeah, it's a surveillance society. It's an off on a level of political discourse and and diversity of of opinion. It's awful. Yeah, but it's to, truly awful. But to break that down into a Chinese hoax, yeah. it's not a Chinese hoax. It's a if you have a problem with China, it's the government and what they're doing. Just like if you have a problem with the United States, more than likely. But, it's Donald Trump. Yeah, it's just naked racism is what it is. In 2017, a Russian oil tanker became the first boat to transverse the entirety of the Northern Sea Route without an icebreaker escort, linking the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans without traveling through the Suez Canal or the Panama Canal. Okay. Well, that's big right there. Yeah. Depending on the route, traveling via the Arctic could have the distance between Europe and East Asia. The transit was a grim milestone for the melting Arctic, but great news for the Russian economy. In 2008, only two vessels transited the entire route. Last summer, 84 ships made the journey. Russia feeling increasingly claustrophobic and paranoid about NATO expansion along its western border is finding economic breathing room in the melting ice. For many, the Russian invasion of Ukraine was unthinkable until the moment it began, but the post-war international order is not just political, but geological. Yeah. The ongoing violence in Ukraine can only be understood within the new geopolitics of the uh, uh, Anthropocene, this, this era, the people. Yeah. Uh, Anthropo affected. Yeah. Anthropocene. Yeah. Anthropocene. Yeah. Anthropocene. Climate change. Basically, it means the human e epoch is yeah, what that the means. Yeah, the human epoch is what's going on and, here. Climate and, change has been and remains the pole star of Putin's decade-long turn away from the West. So I don't know if he was looking forward to climate change, but he's certainly taking advantage of a uh, melting Arctic. Well, Nathan, he had 40 to 50 years of research to be looking forward to what was going to happen. Yeah, if he was Arctic. getting his information from Exxon. Exxon was yeah. telling him in 50 years, you, you will have... The route, the the northern route. By the way, when you fly from the United States to Europe, you go out over the pole, over the North Pole. So it is obviously, as far as the traveling, it's the shortest route. So yep. yeah. <sighs> Did you ever hug a big giant sequoia tree, Mike? Never been in the. 
I don't think I've ever been to, I've never spent time. I've never been with a sequoia tree that I huh. know of. Yeah, that I know of. It's nice. I bet it is. They're very tall. They are very tall. And you can't get your arms around them. I doubt. They, I, I think you're right. I doubt you could. Which is pretty amazing because you can't even, like, get close to going halfway. No. You, you go about a tenth of the way, usually. Yeah. How old are some of these trees, Nathan? They're older than you, Mike. Okay. Well, yeah. that's old. From the Atlantic, the Washburn Fire, first reported nearly a week ago, continues to burn in Yosemite National Park. It has swept over more than 3,000 acres and forced evacuations of several nearby areas. The burn was first reported from a trail near Mariposa Grove, famed for 500 towering ancient giant sequoias. Thank thankfully, the rare and historic trees appear to be safe for now. Mm -hmm. Should the news, uh, good news hold, the trees escape alive, their survival isn't merely luck. The National Park Service has spent decades thinking about and practicing the fire management of this particular grove. This week's scare is a case study in how wildfire preparation can help stave off destruction, uh, an important lesson in the Pyrocene Age. I prefer to call this a Pyrocene Age okay. myself. Yeah, the Age of Fire. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to think it's about us. It is about us. Well, it's about our it's, survival. Really. Yeah, yeah, but uh, what's really going on is things are getting hotter. Yeah. And yeah, this burning. is the age of fire. You're right. Yosemite right. has done controlled burns in the groves itself since the 1970s. Okay. These burns actually help the sequoias regenerate. Their tiny seeds struggle to open up unless uh, they land on a bare spot of soil. And oftentimes that's from a burn. Okay. So normal fire isn't a problem, but the climate crisis has led to bigger and hotter fires. In the past few years, Yosemite has begun fuel management along the roads connecting to the grove, manually removing about 9,000 tons of material. Because the Washburn fire started nearby, it didn't have enough space to gather the ferocious momentum seen in some of California's other recent fires. Luckily, when it did reach the grove, the fire hit the area of the most recent controlled burn. That was a good deal. Hmm and skirted around it before hitting a second former con uh, controlled burn area. Firefighters were able to stand with one foot, so to speak, in these previously cleared areas and steer the fire around the grove. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool, actually. It's very they cool. They have these controlled burn areas. They're cleared out. They park their trucks there, and then they just kind of... Uh, there's a strategy to it in moving the fire around. Yeah. I, I, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, I just, I know I'm repeating myself. I know I'm going to say this many, many more times in the future to the point where I'm get, Nathan's going to take a swing at me, but we have to stop talking about climate and climate change as if it's something that if we don't lower our carbon emissions by 2030, we'll, we'll you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's here. We're right now, what the, the story that Nathan just read so many other stories. We are now in the ground zero of climate damage. We're in it. So for people to start still talk about, well, if we do this and we do it by 2040 and all these other things, well, yeah, we need to continue to move in those directions. But let's drop any pretext that we're somehow going to avoid climate damage, climate change, because we're in it right now. And I say cluck Joe Manchin. Exactly. God, I hope something terrible happens to that man. Can I say that on the air? 
I no, just did. You can't you can't say that, but I want him gone from the Senate. Yes. I just want him I, gone. That's I don't what I care. Meant. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. you know. Uh. Or have uh, have our president have enough stones to uh, get rid of the filibuster and just ram these things through? Because it's like that. It's now, like you say. Yeah. And now means act now to make the consequences less severe than they're yeah. going to be. Yeah. You ever watch a weather report, Mike? Uh, <laughs> no, I look at my phone for my weather. Uh-huh. But I think I know where you're going. You mean like the the Weather Channel kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Weather Channel. Yeah, never. I never watch the Weather Channel. Or or where local news will have their weather reports. Yeah, I do. From the Washington Post, the Yellowstone floods have revealed the need to adapt weather forecasting to a warming world. Yes. The weather models that are used to predict storms have not always been able to keep up with the climate crisis. The devastating rainstorms, hurricanes, heat waves, and other events. Either. Yeah. Those rivers in Yellowstone had never reached those levels. We literally were flying blind, not even knowing what the impacts would be, said a senior hydrologist with the National Weather Service. So they don't know how to say evacuate an area. Yeah. Because they've never had this before. They don't, their maps don't include that scenario. Models used to predict flooding are based on long-term historical records, but they do not reflect changes to the climate that emerged over the past decade. Those models are going to be inadequate to deal with the new climate. Another extreme weather event where the models came up short was Hurricane Ida, which slammed Louisiana last summer and then stalled over the eastern seaboard, hitting parts of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, with unprecedented rainfall that caused massive flooding. That was the one that flooded the subway system yeah. and all that. Yeah. The Weather Service had warned of a serious situation that turned could turn catastrophic, but the prediction of three to six inches of rain for New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania was far short of the nine to ten inches that fell. Yeah. So you don't know what anymore. The, the weather mo models have been great over the last, you know, 20 years or so, but now things are changing so rapidly. The deadly June 2021 heat wave that scorched the Pacific Northwest offers another example. Yep. Warmer weather had been expected, but not temperatures of up to 116 degrees uh, that killed an estimated 600 or more people in Oregon, Washington, and Western Canada. Right. That this, what you're saying is an extension of what I was just talking about in the sense that we are we have not adopted the language that is appropriate for the era that we're in that's a big part of the problem here yeah you we're, turn on the the weather channel and you still get happy smiling faces and and right. uh pretty girls in, yeah. in tight dresses looks like there's a little thunder cloud over uh, here over it's been over, another beautiful blue sunny day yeah, in I, southern california yeah. Yeah. The weather is 95 today yeah. in February. Yeah. <laughs> a little unusual, and that's it. Yeah. The the language of climate change, we need to adapt or adopt <laughs> adopt the language. We need the we need to say the words and not again, we keep talking about that. Well, if we don't do this, I laugh when I hear that stuff now. Well, by 2040, we're going to have, there aren't going to be any gasoline-powered cars. That's yeah. going to be, they're a thing of the, you know, the past. 2040 is a long ways away yeah, when 20, you're talking 2040, about the, the wildfires for the next 18 years. Yeah, the age of fire. 
Extreme weather by its nature is hard to predict, and as these events happen more frequently, there will be many more chances for forecasters to get it wrong. The rate of the most extreme rainstorms in some areas has increased up to a factor of five. We are literally, literally rewriting our weather history book, said University of Oklahoma meteorology professor Jason Furtado. That has widespread implications for local authorities and emergency officials who rely on weather bulletins to guide their dis- disaster response approaches. If they're not warned, they can't act. It's really what we're at about here. Right. From Los Angeles Times. Yeah. We'll Is change. it from Michael? We'll, we'll get off the... the uh, yeah. Climate yeah. change kick here. From the Los Angeles Times. Less than a month after the U.S. Supreme Court ruled against restrictions on carrying firearms in public in a substantial victory for Second Amendment misinterpreters. You know, the people who... Yeah. Yeah. Forget about the well-armed militia or... Right. The actual meaning of the... Yeah. What that was for. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed at least three major gun control measures into law to restrict access to weapons and create an avenue for private citizens to sue the industry. Nearly every industry is held liable when people are hurt or killed by their products. Guns should be no different, said Newsom. The new law will go into effect January 1st, 2023, while others will be implemented immediately. Two bills Newsom signed June 30th would limit firearm advertising to minors and add restrictions against already highly regulated ghost guns. Yeah. That's a good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah. Gavin Newsom. How do we feel about Gavin Newsom? Me? Yeah. There's a lot of uh negatives that they've tried to bring out about him yeah. i think as far as governing i think he's done pretty solidly yeah i think he's tried to react to what's it's hard to react in this atmosphere yeah. considering he's had to deal with trump and now even with biden biden seems to be dragging his feet on so many things it's yeah. hard to react to that yeah california is far ahead of the federal government yeah. as far as climate change goes and and a lot of that is Thanks to the policies that Newsom is promoting. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And he's had some slip ups, but, you know, I, I just don't I don't get that tweaked about them. Yeah. You know, when he have a, a dinner, which was totally legal way back when. Yeah. Uh, during the uh, covid lockdown. Right. But there was nothing in it about the dinner that was it, it violating anything. It was just wasn't good. Good. Uh, what they call the, it optics, the optics. The optics yeah. were bad. It was, and I understand. Yes. Same oh, with man. his family members going to Montana when they were, you know, we're supposed to be shutting out Montana from our economy because they're not following, you know, what the restrictions, the COVID restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's still, it's not, those are such minor. I, yeah. They're not even policy, really. They're just personal slip ups with Foibles. bad optics. Foibles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would. Yeah, and I think some measure of how the Republicans view Newsom can be gleaned from their reaction to him. The yeah. recall, constant stuff on, on Fox News about, you know, he's a liberal, he's a San Francisco liberal. All the stuff well, is an indication cares? of, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I know, I don't, I don't care. I, I only bring it up because it's, to me, an indication of the fear factor of him on a national level for the yeah. Republicans because my, <laughs> my problem with him, and I know you're going to, I, I, I got to say this. He's 
he's too good looking. Well, that's not your problem with him. No, but I'm saying it. It, it there's. Well, some... I think that's because a lot of, uh, a, a lot of, uh, especially men, uh, fear a good-looking man. I. I'm just... That's why you're shaking right now, Mac. Yeah, you're, yeah, I'm shaking. You're in the presence no, no, of no. Nathan Callahan. Well, yes, an extraordinarily good-looking well, man. After 20 years, yeah. my, my anxiety level does has gone down a little bit. No, but you're good. right. You're right about that. All I'm saying is that uh, he. No, I'm not saying in any. I think what you're I, saying is that the hillbillies won't like him because he's too pretty. Yes, it's gonna, you know. Yes. Yeah, okay, that's in a matter all. of speech. But that has nothing to do with you personally. No, nothing. But mm. I, but I'm saying he's solid on a, on so many policy, uh, so many policies, policy agenda, and I think he's going to run in 2024. I'm just because Biden isn't going to run. He, Biden's not running in yeah, 2024. Yeah, well, whatever. No, he's not. Let's, there's so much more time. I know. There's so many things going to happen. I know. Yeah. No, Biden's not running so in 2024. So to pull this, this no, he, speculation out of your ass is no, a little bit embarrassing. I, I'm telling you, he's yeah, not I running predict. in 2024. I Yeah, I, I will put money. I will write a check and I'll hand it to you right now telling you my bet is that Joe Biden is not going to be the candidate for the pre, uh, for president in 2024. Care factor zero. Okay. Did you see those James Webb Space Telescope pictures? Oh my God! Wasn't that beautiful? Yeah. That was something this week. Yeah. Uh, the most powerful space observatory yet built offered a spectacular slideshow of our previous invisible nascent cosmos. Yes. It was looking back in time. How many, Thus the nascent part. How many four or something billion years? Ancient galaxies carpeting the sky like jewels on black velvet. Beautiful. You like that? Yeah, spectacular. Fledging stars shining out from deep within cumulus clouds of interstellar dust. <laughs> Hints of water vapor in the atmosphere of a remote exoplanet. Yes. The target of the Webb's telescope first image was a galaxy cluster in the southern sky, which is about five billion light years away from Earth. We're looking for the first things to come out of the Big Bang, said John Mather, senior Amazing. project scientist for the telescope. That's pretty incredible stuff right there. It was. And you can say what you want to about the space program. There's something really remarkable, I think, about people coming together over something like that. I agree. To find out where we come from or what, what our surroundings look like and explore it in a way that there's no intent to harm. This is trying... We, we are in awe and we are wanting to learn. Pure science. Yeah. This is pure, unadulterated, undiluted science. By the way, didn't they find structures in there? They don't really know what they are. And finally. Okay. Well, they don't know what they are. I mean, well, in other words, they couldn't identify if they're stars or black holes or whatever. There well, was I'm a, sure. I mean, you, just yeah, by yeah. distance alone, what amazed me was all the galaxies. Yeah. Hundreds of galaxies Thousands, in like one millions. shot. Yeah, I know. And finally, from Smithsonian Magazine, in 2019, an artwork called Comedian, which featured a banana duct taped to a wall, became a thing. Created by Italian conceptual artist Maurizio Catalan, the piece quickly went viral. Several versions of the piece eventually sold for over $100,000. But now, in a copyright infringement suit, artist Joe Morford is claiming that Catalan ripped off his banana idea. <laughs> Morford registered his piece, Banana and Orange, with a copyright office in 2000. Catalan's lawyers have argued that fruits and duct tape can't be copyrighted. And there's no evidence suggesting that Catalan saw Morford's banana first. 
Still, United States District Judge Robert Scola denied a motion to dismiss the case. Thankfully for the court, the question of whether a banana taped to a wall can be art is a more metaphysical question than a legal one, writes Scola in his ruling. But the legal question before the court may be just as difficult. Did Morford sufficiently allege that Catalan's banana infringes his banana? You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.